So we should be streaming. Your event is starting. I'm going to shut this down. Let's go for opening. Okay, opening is up. We've got sound. And get ready on the on the auxiliary. Okay, and let's quiet for theme song places everyone. Good evening, everyone. I am Emily, and this is Hello Uncle Foreigner, the live stream. If you are looking for Hello Foreigner, the vlogs, um, go to Hello Foreigner. That's where our vlogs are. For now, you're at the live stream. Hello Uncle Foreigner. And as I said, I am Emily, your host. With me in the back here is Peter. Hello. We are in beautiful, cold Luzhou, China, in the middle of Sichuan province, and it is 8 p.m., so we are going to livecast. Tonight, we have, as always, our four segments, a little bit about the China life, so you can get to know us better, and then on to YouTube business followed by a look at some of our creative process, and then we'll talk about a little bit of media that we like before we say goodbye. Our, our topics tonight, our big topics are, as far as YouTube business, we're going to talk a little bit about keywording, um, why that drives us crazy, but why it's also necessary. And then for our creative project, we're going to talk about getting away from the talking head in our videos. But first, of course, we're going to roll things off with a, a look at the China life of me <laughs> and Peter, but mostly me. Um, so let's, let's have a segment. All right, so I got a haircut yesterday, which I do from time to time. Peter does not actually. He act he just has a buzzer, so he doesn't go anywhere except the bedroom and zzz, buzz all his hair. Because it's easier to be a man sometimes. Easier to be a man. Um, but I go to the cheapy place at the mall and you get what you pay for. I mean they do a good job, but it's always it's fine it's a fine job. <laughs> I have some trouble I show them a picture and then they don't give me anything like the picture sometimes or you know different miscommunications and and mishandling of curly hair i am a low maintenance woman with a high maintenance hair um curly hair is annoying to deal with and in the states i rely on finding a good hairdresser and sticking with them and doing exactly what they say because i don't actually know i don't know what to do with but, so here I rely on pictures, and they always have some kind of, like, 
but how's the part where you make it curly? And this guy yesterday was saying, he's got to a point in the haircut and he's like, can I see the picture again? And he looks at, and we're translating through our phones because it, it's a little bit, I don't really know haircutting terms so well. But so he's, he looks at the picture, he sends me a message, I get it. But her hair is curly. <laughs> and my hair is wet. And then he's also been like brushing it out and blow drying it. So it looks straight. But in my head I'm like, I don't know how to explain to you. But if you stop doing all the stuff that you're doing to it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to curl up. And then in the end, he just gave me a straight haircut and then blow dried straight. Because that's what everybody does. Even people in America who don't know how to handle curly hair. They always want to give me a blow, a straight blowout because that's what people think I should have. You have a straight blowout. But, so I went to the bathroom and squished a little water in it and then it came back. And then this morning, of course, it was just like dang it all out of my head. Um, but actually, I'm pretty happy with this result. And so I'm going to have Peter kind of film a 360 around my head so next time I go I can be like do this again <laughs> um, thank god we got that gimbal yeah we got a gimbal so we that'll be the first official use of it is to get a full smooth 360 view of my haircut for future reference for haircutters because I did have I, a, a time that I got a really good haircut with this one picture but I don't remember anybody's name. I should have got that person's name. Because the next time I went back, I showed the same picture and did not get a good haircut. But this time, I'm, I'm happy. So, tell me how beautiful I look. Um, if you have any haircut woes, feel free to share them in the comments or in the live stream if you happen to cross this live. Um, I don't believe Peter. Do we have anybody visiting yet? Just me. Just Peter. That's... All I need. I'm having a great time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's the China life today. I got a haircut yesterday. It is really luxurious. The best part of getting a haircut is they're like really thorough with the hair washing. And in fact, a lot of women do just go to the hairdressers to get their hair washed pretty often, I think. Um, I don't, I never heard of, and again, I'm a low maintenance woman with a high maintenance brain. <laughs> Um, but I don't think women in the U.S. just go and get their hair washed really as a regular thing, but it is something they do here, um, and so they're really, the hair washers are really good, and it's really, it's a nice, pleasant experience. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what getting a haircut's like. Um, so I guess we can move on to the YouTubing business. So let's let's use our segment divider because that's an exciting new development this week. All right, so YouTubing business behind the scenes. We're going to talk a little about keywords this week because that's as every SEO improve your SEO guru out there will tell you is that keywords are the most important thing and they're important um, you can't watch us if you can't find us yeah you can't watch us um, that was a big deal on this channel actually that we were kind of being buried because 
keywording drove us crazy. <laughs> we kind of got a handle on it now. Um, but so this is, this is what clarified it to me, is that to pick a good keyword, you're choosing a question that people might actually be asking to which your content would be a satisfying answer. Which, just like, it broke my brain for six months. And we ended up sometimes keywording stuff like, I don't know, banana girl smiles or something. Which would get like, oh, there's no competition on this keyword. But it's because nobody's looking for that and that's not a thing. And even other people wouldn't think to make videos about that. The numbers are good is not always a winning situation. Right. We use a couple different tools to tell, to rate the key keywords we're thinking about. And we found, we figured out we could get a good score using this one tool, but it would be like by, you know, scissor block sock pattern or something. You know, some Some obscure pattern of words that actually no one had ever thought of. It was a bit like... Google banging, I think. That, is that what they used to call that? That was something I've heard of. It was that, like, it was a maybe ten or fifteen years ago. Whenever Google first came to popularity, it was the practice of trying to get two terms together that you got no results from Google. Um, the history of the internet. Yeah. So we got. Um, we got good at putting together obscure phrases that no one else was using, but that's actually not what you should be doing because the, the thing is people need to be searching these terms. Um, so we got a lot better at that. And I found now that we have the new channel, Hello Foreigner, that's where our vlogs live. Go on over there if you want to see some actual vlogs. Um, now that that channel is getting... Um, yeah, some action, some attention. Um, I found that you don't even you don't even have to score that highly on a keyword for it to start working for you. Like a, a keyword can have medium competition, but it seems like we're still showing up as long as we pick keywords that are things that are people are looking for. Um, like, for example, life in China or China Vlog, which are two keywords that we are, have started showing up for. Um, in terms of specific videos from last week, a video like Shenzhen, our trip to Shenzhen to do the Hong Kong border crossing, both of those are so strong. People are looking up Hong Kong, people are looking up border crossing, people are looking up Shenzhen. So that's, that was an easy one, um, and it was a good proof of principle. I think that was our second video we posted, yeah. and it was a good, it was a good proof of concept to say, like, oh, if we use words people are looking for, even if there's competition, we do stand a chance. So that's, that was good. And, but that video was somewhat easy to keyword for because it, it was just a story of our trip to Hong Kong where we crossed the border from Shenzhen. Something that gets a little harder, vlogging in general is kind of hard, especially when you're talking about slice of life stuff, because no one's actually looking up like slice of life or China slice of life or anything. 
they don't know who you are, so why would they look you up? Yeah, it's not it's not a thing that occurs to people to look up, or even like. I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> It'd be easier if we were how to China. Yeah, yeah. If we were saying like how to go to the bank in China, bank in China is the good one. But if we're like, I went to a restaurant with my friends in China. Restaurant's bad example because restaurant is actually. I went to a park with my friends in China. Park in China is not actually something people are looking I went up. to my student's house. Yeah, definitively friends in China, I can tell you, because we've searched and searched and searched. Friends in China is not something that people really look up. Um, but we had another video, my trip to the Stone Sea, which is a small attraction here in Sichuan province that's well known by local Chinese, but it's not in the foreign guidebooks and um, foreigners don't really go there so often. It's so hard to even find on English. Yeah, and internet the, it's so it, that's the name of the attraction. It is a big public attraction, but Stone Sea is not going to get the same hits that like Great Wall is going to get. And as it is kind of a minor attraction, it's even like tourist site top tourist sites in China or best travel in China that's that would be a case of like what bad advertising and you'd, you'd click on it and you'd be like this isn't what I want so you do you can't you can't just pick the term that's the most popular it still has to be accurate which is also part of um or even like a hidden gem isn't really that useful because Who's looking for? Yeah, no one's. <laughs> no one is looking up at him. Um, and, but that's what's heartbreaking about this video. We're kind of dropping a lot of frames. Are you? You're still going. Okay. What's heartbreaking about this is that this is actually the story of one of my very good students from my first years of teaching invited me on a home visit with her and her friend and her family and we all went out together on like a family trip to this um to the stone sea uh so it's not just like oh here's a travel video about some minor minor place to visit it's also like i think a rather story of um interacting with one of my students and it meant it meant a lot to me and i think we did a good job with the story. So it was something that we always felt that if people watched it, they would enjoy the story. But student home visit, visiting with a Chinese family, um, memories of a student. These aren't things that people look up. So we had, we had a tough time finding a good keyword that was popular enough and also accurate to attract people who would want to watch a video like that. We may have, I may have caught up to you dropping out. Okay. Um, welcome back. Um, we're having a little bit of streaming issues, but we are back for part two of our live stream, our Sunday evening live stream. Um, we're up to talking about our creative process and this week we're going to talk a little bit about getting away from the talking head. Um, the reason that vlogs I think are so popular is because they're easy for one person to make. 
you got you, a camera, wherever you are, in your bedroom, whatever, it's easy. Just go. That's, that's the least intensive, least production necessary to do. But it does not really fulfill our filmmaking impulses entirely. Our needs. And in fact, it's not, it's not my preferred mode of working. I like telling stories, but I don't always like directly just telling the stories. I like using, you know, filmic tricks and, and manipulations to make something that's a little more than just telling you what happened in my day. And, which is nothing against... It's the dilemma of a writer. Yeah, it's nothing against people who do like doing that. I think it's a good form. I, I think it's probably will be a pretty valuable asset to future future, future social bloggers? future social scientists and historians. Um, it's just not what we're interested in doing. And so you can see in our march back through time, as we're reposting our videos on Hello Foreigner, uh, this week's videos that we posted, we started to get away from just me in the studio and incorporate other kinds of footage. And they're kind of um, two, we had two different techniques early on. One was archival footage, because we'd been here for seven years, now almost eight, seven and a half, I guess. Um, so we have a lot of footage accumulated over the years. And so we, for something like Egg Bar, which is, you know, it's a dumpling restaurant. Oh, <laughs> go see it. It, goes, it's, it does not qualify really as a restaurant or inside, but it was our favorite place to go city dumplings when we lived closer to it. Um, and so we put together kind of like a little commercial for Egg Bar, which the joke to us was that it's a commercial for a place you'll never, ever, ever go. It might not even be there anymore. Um, but we like... Not liked, really a restaurant review, more yeah. just... Uh, a place we went. Yeah, and and we loved it, and we so we made this little ode to it, and it was all footage that Peter had taken years ago, and then we kind of put together into a little story, and so Peter edited together a story. I wrote a little voiceover, recorded it, bang, we got a video, um, and then something like the Stone Sea was also actually made from archival footage because that was. That was a trip I had taken um, two or three years ago. And so, and again, that was another one where Peter, well, that one we did have some back and forth, I believe. Yeah. Peter kind of edited together a story, and I kind of wrote my narrative of it at the same time, I think. Basically, and took then, the best footage and said, <laughs> yeah, can and write <laughs> But, but I, I remember I wrote it without watching it first, and then we kind of, I showed it to him, and he showed me what he had, and so we made some adjustments. The, the writing was more adjustable than the footage, because the, the footage I had was the footage I had, and, and as Peter said, he kind of, he took the best pieces of it and cut out all the fat um, and he, like, literally showed me, like, I can't make this longer because here you, right after you get this shot, you turn off the camera. Um, or show a foot. Or show a foot or somebody, like, walks in front of the camera and does not walk away. <laughs> um, so that I, 
he tweaked the footage if he could, and then I kind of tweaked my story to fit the timing of the video. And then that one even still, we were still getting used to that, and I recorded, at the time I tended, I mean I still do, but now I'm aware of it, I tended to overwrite, and so I guess I would imagine that, I, oh, I'll just say it all really fast so it can fit in, which doesn't sound good, so of course I can't do that. Um, so we had one more round of edits even after I recorded the voiceover where it was just like, you have to cut this. Um, but again, it came out really well. I think I'm really proud of it. And so that was, we could use archive footage to kind of have a piece that was not a straight up in-studio vlog. The other thing we started to do was take original footage out in the world to fit the vlog stories we were telling. And you can see a good example of this in a visit to a walk-in Chinese clinic where I had a cold and so I got cold medicine is basically what the story is. But that one, as we were developing it, because we talked about that as a storyline, and then I kind of told Peter what I wanted to say. And then he was like, you know what? When you go back for your checkup the next time, bring your camera and just get some shots of inside the, the clinic. Which I think really does. It gives you a sense of place rather than me just telling you about a place we're actually showing. That's the, the cardinal rule of filmmaking is show, don't tell. And so I think it does, it added to that video. And it was... It was a simple thing to do, especially because it was incorporated into part of an errand I was doing anyway, but it's still... Sort of the evolution of, of vlogging. It was a bedroom thing. Then yeah. Then just take it out onto the street, and, and now every day there's a little bit more. People are getting better cameras, they're using drones, that evolution of what a vlog is... Yeah, yeah, we didn't invent these segments. It's an but interesting thing to, to try to figure out the best way to find out your storytelling abilities. But I, th I think the thing is, like, it does make for a better piece of film. It also adds tremendously to the friction of making a piece. Like, the, the bonus of a vlog, you have an idea, turn the camera on, say your idea, it's done. When you do have to plan out these ideas, it's more production, and the more production there is, the kind of, if you're not motivated, the less likely you're going to do it. And unfortunately, we're motivated, so that's not so much an issue. Our issue is we keep adding on production elements instead of just sticking with... You can see in a lot of other people's vlogs that... that at some point, uh, a lot of people don't end vlogs, or they just put in a card that they say that they they forgot to make the, the end of the video or something. And right. Because it gets <laughs> tough. The further that you go through, and you're just like, oh boy, I forgot to take pictures of you know the inside of the pharmacy, and uh, but I don't want to go back. I was already there twice today, or whatever. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of end things with like, well, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> which is, um, we try to we try to push ourselves beyond that. So that's 
for us that's that's what we like to do but it does i mean admittedly it's it makes it harder to make the same amount of time in a video but then it you know, his production, it involves a lot of planning, it involves a lot of doing, um, and for us, sometimes we get, like, way into, like, and then we could do this, and then we could do this, like, even, even this live stream, I'm thinking about all week, the topics that we want to cover, and then Peter and I have a, uh, discussion early Sunday afternoon. Just like podcasts yeah. and radio, you have to have something to talk about, or else we'll just kind of... Yeah, and I get that's the, when a vlog works, part of the charm is that it is unplanned and that you're, you as the audience are getting to really look into someone's life and have a, a live moment with them. Um, so that's, it's not that vlogging is the lazy route and making film is the better thing to do. It, I think vlogging definitely can, sh you can share a special moment with someone through that, but I think... For us, we're actually interested in the production elements, and we like, I especially like making plans and lists and schedules to go out and, like, i got to get this shot this day, and then we'll film this this day. Um, it's the pre-planning. If you write, yeah. you like to write. Yeah. I like to frame a shot. I like to do lighting. I yeah. I like also post-production. I also like to control, so that's where the <laughs> free free-form blog format it causes me some anxiety <laughs> um but that's my issue um but anyway so you can see the beginnings of that in the in the last seven videos that we posted this last week and then you'll you'll if you keep your eye out you'll get to see how that evolves into more and greater production elements and then as vlogging takes over our life we, we pull it back and then we get more into it um, all over again. It's fun to try and figure out new ways to vlog, to take that basic Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do different kinds of formats of how to make it change or do something we hadn't seen before. So that learning process is always fun. Yeah, and that actually, the video... So we're mostly posting old, old videos from last week, but we did post this week two new brand new videos one of them i think i had a stomach flu for a few days and i every time i leave peter to his own devices i feel like i turn around and he's like i made seven new things and so he made what was it oh why we're not leaving china number eight will surprise you which is a joke that we had been making to each other for a while that about go watch it go watch it i don't want to give away the joke but um, number eight will surprise you. Um, Peter made that one, and I love it. And then so, on that topic, because there is, we don't want to get into anything. Any kind of politics. Any kind of politics. But, there, there, there's been a history of people, foreigners coming to China, and then very loudly announcing that they're leaving. And we kind of wanted to s not stick up for, but just like make a statement that, you know, we we're just not, we're just living here. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We like it here. Um, that's what we're doing. And so we, Peter made that one, and then we made one last night, that was 
you got to live somewhere, which is true. It's true. <laughs> and that piece came together. We were folding laundry and just having a discussion along those lines of and and kind of coming to terms with the fact that our home government makes bad decisions and the Chinese government makes some bad decisions. And but one doesn't cancel out the other and it doesn't make it better to live the the choice to live a place is not an endorsement of a governmental yeah, policy. Go, go, go watch it. Only six. Go go watch it. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to explain the whole thing, but that's the discussion we were having. And then I, I did say like, well, you gotta live somewhere. And then Peter was like, start writing this down. So I, he continued folding the laundry, and then I was taking notes on our conversation. And then, and that's where we're trying to take the idea of a vlog for at the moment of hey, an idea, quick, get it on tape. Yeah, yeah, because that is, I think. In its truest, most honest form. I think it's a good exercise for us because especially, I would say this of you as well, but I am an overthinker and I tend to add to an idea and, and you do as well, I tend to, to build an idea up until it is like, this is going to take two days to put together. Um, or a week. Or, or a week. Month. Or, yeah, a month. Um, so say I think... like, here's an idea... Go put it on camera and put it up on the internet and walk away. Yeah, I think I think that's a good practice for us. I, it's not necessarily our primary mode of filmmaking, but it is. There's value to it, and it, it is. It helps streamline both the process and the story. To, can we? Do we have a point that's just two minutes? But I am long-winded, and. For me, it is valuable to just try to condense my thoughts down to, to something small. Um, and so that's... And is it worth it to turn on production lights, to get the tripod, to... Yeah, can we, yeah. Can we pull this all off in a matter of, like, 45 minutes? What's the minimum we can do? Not not to get out of work, but the the... How do we make something that we really like without all the bells and whistles? How do we simplify it? How do we just tell the story? And coming from newspapers, there's a, a bit of pride that we can turn out something that is coherent because you yeah, have Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're used to deadlines of every day we need to tr turn out. The deadline is fun. A whole newspaper, so yeah. to put that into, like, today, vlog, now. Yeah, because... Uh, even even as you were coming up with the idea to vlog it, I was thinking like of all all kinds of <laughs> well, extra extra stuff. Yeah. And, um, and that started to make me nervous. But that the best thing for it was just to go. do it. Just go. Just don't just go. Um So that's kind of full circle. Our 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 journey through our archives is is how we're expanding out of just go and into planned out productions but meanwhile we're also trying to experiment with the oh. idea of just just making a thing and having it stand on its own doing a sketch you know keeping our hand in <laughs> um 
Yeah, so that's... That's, that's what that. keeping your hand in means. <laughs> Let's move on to some media that we're consuming. Lend me your ears for a moment. Okay, so the media that we consumed that we really liked this week was this week's episode of a show called The Good Place. If you don't know The Good Place, the premise of the show, it is a sitcom, but it is the premise, the premise follows four people in their afterlife who were sent to the bad place and what it would have taken for them to go to the good place um, without any kind, any specific religious endorsement, just the idea of moral reward, I guess. And a moral limbo. Yeah, and so it's actually pretty heavy on, like, the philosophy of being a good person and um, by whose accounting do we call ourselves good. Um, and It's wacky. It's, and it's wacky. It's hilarious. The vlog piece I was just talking about where you have to live somewhere 